To me, I'm thinking, wow, that's just like Jesus. He says, take a few steps toward me and then you will see. Take a few steps mm. of faith and then you will see. Wow. Mm. But I think God, God wants you to start walking towards those doors. He's not just going to swing right. them open for you when you're 20 feet away. Like the automatic doors at the grocery exactly. store. That's exactly right. Yeah. They open the closer you get yep. to them. Walmart so is closer to God's way than the <laughs> You're listening to If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is like as someone following Jesus. My name is Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. Hi, I'm Hope, and I'm in the performing arts department. My name's Jim. I am also in the performing arts department. And you guys are married to each other. That's we sure true. Are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that. And I know you guys and have enjoyed getting to chat with you. But it's the first time getting to chat together. Mm-hmm. And if that makes sense with you both. So I'm super mm-hmm. really excited that you both wanted to be a part of the conversation. I also think that this is the first time either of us have been on another podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, like that's true. A- other than your own. Other than right, other own than our podcast. own. But like as guests. Yes. So I yeah. feel, I feel guesty. Nah, I mean, <laughs> you could feel guesty, but I like to think like everybody who's on, if that makes Co-hosty. sense. Co-hosty. Yeah. Uh, we're just like we're just hosting the thing together. Yeah. Because the most important thing about if that makes sense, anybody knows if you've listened to it for a while or if this is your first time listening and you're jumping in on this third episode we're doing on the book of John chapter one, you know that. None of us are like Bible scholars. Mm-hmm. We're not pastors. Absolutely not. We're just people who like <laughs> to talk about Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> and we read the Bible too. We, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's... Fairly familiar. <laughs> Fairly familiar, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and, and 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 we just love to get to have the chance to do that together with you. So we're been now three. I didn't even expect we'd spend three episodes in one chapter, but maybe that's the way it's going to go. Kind of a deep hey. dive in the book of John. You never know. If and, you talk, you talk. <laughs> and I'm okay with it because there's a lot here. So we're looking at the last part of John chapter one. Again, it's fine if you haven't heard the other episodes that come before this one. They kind of each stand alone on their own. And we're looking at verses 35 through 51. So John 1, 35 through 51. We're just going to read it here. Verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? 
Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Okay, so I can't, I can't not hear you hearing something in that gym that you want to comment on. I almost feel like you were almost <laughs> laughing there for a second. What is it you're thinking about this interaction that Jesus and Nathaniel have? I just love. So everybody has. <laughs> I won't. I won't say. Everybody knows that town that's like near you. Hmm. That you're like. From there? Come on. Like, I don't know if it's just kind of small or a little iffy on some <laughs> streets. I don't know. But you just think of that town that's really maybe not that great in your opinion. And that's probably, to Nathaniel, that's Nazareth. And he just out and says, like, Psh, they came from Nazareth or this guy came from Nazareth. He can't be the Messiah. And it's just so funny because then Jesus comes and he's like, ha, you're the one with no deceit. And and I I mentioned earlier, like, he's just brutally honest. And there are those people, too, who just say whatever they want right in the moment I just see mm -hmm. Nathaniel with that kind of character who just doesn't have much of a filter. <laughs> no filter. Uh -huh. And then Jesus meets him where he's at. Yep. He's like, ha, huh, here's Nathaniel who is it's, brutally honest. And Nathan, he's like, how do you know me? It's, <laughs> it's Nathan no filter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Nathan yes, no yes. filter. <laughs> yeah. That's our guy. It's amazing because I, I, love, I love how God does this time and time again. He just says, oh, that is the person that everyone least expects to do that. I'm going to use him. That yes. is the the town that nobody likes, that has this bad reputation. And you just see once again how God uses mm. that for his glory yeah. over yeah. and over again in the Bible. And it's just that's, that's one of my favorite things about God. Yes. And that's just his fingerprint and that part of him is just written all over scripture. Mm -hmm. In the last episode, we were talking to more like a lot more about John the Baptist and hope he's like exactly – that point, yeah. don't you think, where he's this guy who's he's hairy, he eats bugs, <laughs> he's probably physically, like, literally not super clean. No. And the Pharisees, who are both literally and ritually very clean, look at him like, yep. who are he, you? He's the pig pen. Right. He's yeah. the pig pen of the penance <laughs> group. And everyone's like, but he's so wonderful and called apart, set apart by God for, mm -hmm. for a purpose. And you're like, okay. I can't question you because yeah. God. Because <laughs> God, yeah. yes. Yeah. He uses what we don't expect him to. Yeah. And that's the way he tells a story. And that's and and it's um it's prophecy getting fulfilled too. Mm -hmm. Like what I like what I think is interesting, it was pointed out to me, maybe Nathaniel was thinking Nazareth, like, oh, you know, like you said, Jim, mm -hmm. could have had a pre-existing notion about what he thought about that town. But it's also possible he was thinking like Messiah, don't we kind of know he's supposed to come from Bethlehem? Don't we supposed to know he? Yeah. We know where he's coming from. He's supposed to be. Could be. Yeah. And yep. you know what Nathaniel doesn't realize at this point, if that's what he's thinking, 
is well, Jesus we do know. Jesus is from Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. It's not where he grew up, but it's where he was born yeah. by a miraculous set of events that, that God ordained mm-hmm. so that the prophecy right. would be fulfilled. Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing about how God works. Like Nathaniel could have judged, oh, this isn't of God because it doesn't fit the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Well, what Nathaniel didn't realize is that it did fit the prophecy. He just didn't see it yet. Yeah. So sometimes when we're expecting to know what it looks like when God works – Sure, it's good to test the spirits, as the Bible says, and to be critical and um, discerning mm-hmm. about something that claims to be of God, but also not to presume you know everything. No. Because there could be things going on that God's doing that you don't realize. There are so many instances in the Bible that I, I think of Jesus's parables, how many of them have double meanings. Yes. Uh, they're the literal whatever Jesus is talking about and also it's meant for this people group or it's meant to set, symbolize this spiritually and different things like that. It's it's crazy and yeah. cool and wonderful. Mm-hmm. You can just glean. That's why you read the Bible over and over again. You glean something new every time. Yes. Something you mentioned, Tim, was uh, the idea of like testing the spirits and how like, oh, you need to be discerning. You got to think about it. Uh, the quote, be like the Bereans who mm-hmm. would go back to the scriptures and stuff. And you see in, in, uh, John here that Jesus doesn't berate uh, Nathaniel for questioning his hometown. No. That's good. He kind of like laughs along with him like, hey, here's this truthful Israelite. And then he says, well, you believe because I prophesied or, or you know, saw mm-hmm. you when I wasn't seeing you under this fig tree. Mm-hmm. You're going to see greater things than that. He does. He just goes right into I'm going to give you more proof, hmm. even though you already believe. You saw a little thing. Like, it's almost yeah. an encouraging message to Nathaniel rather than, Nathaniel, you of little faith. How uh, dare you? Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I was born in Bethlehem. I am the. He doesn't do that. No. Yes. Yeah. He's open to people questioning in good faith, like in, in a good heart. Yeah. yeah. Not in like a, a, um, uh, you know, kind of a cynical, bitter, doubting sort of way, no. but in a genuine, critical way. And, um, yeah, because God wants us to actually think yeah. and actually use the brains he gave us. And then you just see the character of, of God mm-hmm. in that. And it's it's so it's so accepting and loving mm. and arms wide open. I want to hear your questions. I want to hear your doubts and your concerns. And I think a, a lot of us have grown up in the church sort of afraid of asking questions, sort of afraid of going, what will somebody think of me if I start to question what I believe in? Hmm. And God wants that hmm. from us because you're only going to grow deeper if you do that. Well, let's let's follow that train of thought, Hope. And uh, even further was the invitation that Jesus gives in this passage. Yeah. To come and see. Come and see. Right? (laughs) Like it's, that's a phrase that comes up a couple times here. And I'd love to hear you talk on that because um, that's, I, I, there's, there's something, just those words together. Mm -hmm. There, there's something about them that is super inviting and just kind of warming to your heart to hear it. But, um, but that, that's, that's the response Jesus has. I want to find it real quick also. So I can, 39. Yes. Yes. They ask him, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. And yeah. um, also hope you said something about double meanings with Jesus' parables. Yep. But there's like a double meaning here yeah. too. It's not just that like, oh, yeah, I invite you right here, you you group of people in this moment to come and see. But just that invitation, that open invitation that's 
always there that God says, I want you Hmm. and I want you to want me. So I'm not going to – the thing is like I think God does chase after us. But he also gives you space. Hmm. He gives you space to come back to him because he wants that relationship with you. So just saying, come and you'll see. Like, (laughs) okay, Jesus, I want to follow you. Like, that's such a cool, there's no commanding. There's no, you must follow me or you're going to, you're going to go to hell or anything like that. Hmm. It's, yeah, I'm here. Come, come sit under this fig tree with me. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's personal and it's going to find us in different places along our walk. Yeah. He'll, he'll, his, his words to us will come to us just the way they need to for us at that time. Yeah. And Jamie, you were talking earlier about how, you know, you kind of this this passage specifically is such so movie like, like mm-hmm. seeing that happen. And so just that come and see. And I just see Jesus and a whole it's like it's like Mother Goose and a whole bunch of little <laughs> ducklings just following, wanting to know what's next. Yeah. Wanting to know what's next. That's cool. That's oh. a cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I have a question, and I don't want to oh, yeah? open a ginormous can of worms, but this is something I absolutely <laughs> <laughs> just we we do cans of worms around here sometimes. Oh, good. Is yeah. that what I kicked down the street the other day? Yeah, that was a, a leftover can of worms. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. So this idea of "come," he replied, and you will see in that order. Is it because to me, I'm thinking, wow, that's just like Jesus. He says, "Take a few steps toward me." And then you will see. Take a few steps mm. of faith and then you will see. Wow. But Triple on this, meaning. You know, yeah. and I'm like, ooh, is that a deeper kind of thing? Is that like all over the place, 100% all the time? But there are all the, at the same time it, talking about acts and the signs and wonders that come from there. Like, are you supposed to see so that others may come, right? Like, mm. oh, these miracles and these things are done so that – Right. In front of non-believers and those who don't know Christ so that they can um so that they can come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So 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 let me see if I'm tracking with you right here. That to uh, that you come to Jesus so that you can see more of him. It's like seek me and you'll find me when you mm-hmm. seek me with all your heart, as right. um he says in Jeremiah, maybe. <laughs> um <laughs> See, not yes. pastors, not Bible <laughs> scholars, <laughs> and but but that there is a t- but that sometimes sometimes it works in another order where people see God working, mm-hmm. and so then they come to Him. Yeah. So, are you saying like like which way does it work, or yeah. can it be both ways? I think I'm like answering my own questions as, as more yeah. as I'm talking about, it. and that's why I got to talk about it. You know, it's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I'm a verbal processor. Verbal processor. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yep. <laughs> that's why we're in this room. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking. Of, oh, spoiler alert! I think I'm thinking of the end of John when it's like, uh, are we allowed to talk about the end of John? <laughs> I think so. I think it's just fair. briefly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, yeah, it's blessed are those who believe and don't see, mm-hmm. right? So there's that kind of idea too. And even Nathaniel, he's saying, you saw a little bit yeah. and you believed. Great. You're even going to see more than that. The more I think it's yeah. like the more you follow, the more you see. I think we, we you and I specifically, Jim, have have had this conversation kind of recently and it's something we talked about with our church's care group of the idea that God says, you know, I will open doors for you. Mm-hmm. But I think God 
God wants you to start walking towards those doors. He's not just going to swing them open for you when you're 20 feet away. Got it. He needs you to start walking so that he can open doors. Like the automatic doors at the grocery store. That's exactly right. They open the closer you get to them. Walmart is closer to God's way than (laughs) Ooh, <laughs> Maybe not. that might be slightly <laughs> blasphemous, but all right. Hey, we said we were okay with cans of worms. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to something we kind of have, have touched a little bit from afar, this idea that it's kind of like a movie. It's mm. not original to me to say that John <clears throat> is a very visual writer. Oh, yeah. And John yeah. is a lot of the time – this is I, I love trying to see this now because somebody pointed out and I'm seeing it all over the place when I'm reading John, that John is trying to get you to see from the perspective of his people. And John, mm. notably, just a cool little thing he does literarily, he never names himself. He's all throughout the book, we think. He's the guy who shows up every time there's somebody who doesn't have a name. But yeah. John is in the John the Apostle doesn't name himself in the book. And all throughout the book of John, there's a lot of times at least one disciple who doesn't get a name. People guess that that's John yeah. being humble for one thing, but also maybe, and this is the fun thing I invite you to do as you're reading this book, that he's trying to get, he's leaving it unnamed almost. You put yourself in those yeah. shoes. You see yourself as that leaving, disciple. Leaving that spot for yeah. you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like um, it's like when you're playing a video game and, and the character is unnamed or yeah. it's an RPG kind of game and you get to... Put, plug in the name of the unnamed character so that as you're going through the game, when you address it, it's other more ca- yeah. personal. Right. right. Exactly. It's first person. Hmm. So um, when you're reading this, there's two disciples um, who get invited. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two, it says in verse 40, mm-hmm. who heard what John had said and followed Jesus. There's another disciple. He doesn't get named. But when he says, come and see, it's almost like, then you imagine yourself as that other disciple. Mm. Okay, Jesus is inviting me. Come and see. What do I what do I do? Mm. It's just a, a way I, I've found that's really interesting to look yeah. at this book is kind of realize like it's very visual. You can see it as it's yeah. happening and you kind of almost kind of put yourself in those shoes. Like And mm. it's something I love because I and I it's hard for me sometimes because I read the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is very laws, very numbers, very this happened and then a span of 400 years where you don't know what else happened and then the next set of events. And I'm like, wait, I need a timeline. What's going on? And then you get to the New Testament. I'm like, I can follow now. I'm like, this makes so much more sense. And it feels – and there's such a – there's such a place for the Old Testament, of course, but it's so lovely to read and see things in the New Testament Testament where it's like, oh, that's where I fit into the picture. This mm. is where this is where Jesus was bringing me mm. into the story. Mm. Yeah. And what I love also about that is I agree, Hope, the Old Testament can feel so foreign to realize when you're reading the New Testament and you're seeing, oh, these are the things I recognize. This is where I come into the story. We realize since the New Testament fulfills the Old Testament, it's like, that's family history now. Yeah. When I look back to the Old Testament, it's like my my spiritual family history. Yeah. That's so, wow. I've never heard it put like that. Isn't that interesting? That's so, because it's true. Like, we all came from Adam and Eve. Yeah. That's so. 
And <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> and in Rome, well, you went through Romans, and I think Romans what, twelve, no nine, something. I don't know. Right? Uh, grafted in to the yes. family under yes. Abraham through faith, not by blood, but yeah. by faith, right? Yes. And, which is even according to. Um, Whoa, Paul is his name. <laughs> According to Paul, like yeah. he, it seems to make it sound like it's even stronger than by blood. Yes, those who are oh, in Christ yeah. and being fulfilled. Uh, or yes, mm-hmm. so that's a very interesting way of putting mm-hmm. that, and it's really makes all those laws a little bit, a little bit more interesting. No, it does. <laughs> well, it's like when you look at, um, you know, a documentary or something about historical times, and you think, I, have, you know, my ancestors lived like that. Wow, that's a different world. Sometimes it feels foreign, but you realize yeah. people related to you came from there. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this whole spiritual story, none of us would be here were it not for, for all everything God did, Old Testament up through now. Yeah. Uh, here's a question. Here's a, It's a little bit of a change of direction, but so many titles get used in this passage for Jesus. <clears throat> it's crazy. Oh, Between yeah. 35 and 51... Look at this. Jesus gets called all of this in this amount of time in just those few verses. Lamb of God, Rabbi, which means teacher. Messiah, which means Christ. Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph, son of God, king of Israel, son of man. All those titles. Wow. Now, I'm, you could unpack like a sermon with each one of those, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure. But I want to ask, I'm going to read them again, and I'm asking myself the same question because I haven't done this yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read them, and I would love to hear what your thoughts are on which one, probably more than one, but mm-hmm. but but pick one, what sticks out to you in, in one of these, and why why does one of them stick out to you as a, as a title mm-hmm. for Jesus? So he gets called Lamb of God, Rabbi or Teacher, Messiah or the Christ, the Chosen One. Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph, son of God, king of Israel, son of man. Man. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. And Jesus calls himself the son of man. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's the first one that definitely sticks out to me, just being like, it's still hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And only God could do that. But that's just like to say Jesus came down and lived in a human body and to think he got sick. Mm. He might have broken a toe. He, you know, all all of those same very silly human experiences. He probably cried on Mary's lap because – you know, he stubbed his toe into the table that his dad made. I don't know. Different uh-huh. things like that. Uh-huh. Like, just Definitely. it sounds silly, but it's like, wow, there was there was God coming to earth to be exactly like us. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> he didn't have to. Again, with that, like yep. son of Joseph, just. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the you know son of this guy. He's a carpenter. But or, and but he's also not at all. His blood relation, mm. yeah, mm. but he's he's associating yeah. himself with being right. his father's son. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's somebody who says that. Who says? Son I of think Joseph? Nathaniel says it to him. I and, yeah, right. It's and, in forty five. Yeah, Philip found Nathaniel. Philip was telling Jesus. He's and 
you know. Oh, no, Philip actually Phillip says it. Says yeah. Oh, Philip says it to Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Yeah. That's no, so cool. I, I think the ones um, that pop out to me are Rabbi and Messiah and and I'll tell you why. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good explanation. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, not, not a Bible scholar. But uh, this whole passage, this whole passage to me is all about knowledge. Uh, mm. Jesus knows. Philip knows. Andrew knows. Like they all know something at some time. And it's all like this kind of divine knowledge. Mm. Jesus knew where Nathaniel was. Um under the fig tree, uh, they call him rabbi. Like, how do you know he's a, he's a you know, how do you, teacher. how do you trust him yeah. already? You know, probably because they were following Justin Baptist, but that's like a knowledge that they have. They call him the Messiah. That is the Christ. They already know this is the Messiah. They believe that they know it. I just thought that was kind of throughout the whole passage. Those are the two that stuck out to me because they have most to do with like divine knowledge that is either given to somebody mm. or they learn through talking with Jesus. Like Nathaniel, oh, you are the son of God. He just starts to believe that because he showed him a sign. Like I knew mm. where you were sitting. I, I would say rabbi is a word that sticks out to me as well because I love I love the idea that God doesn't leave us in the dark, that uh, there aren't these secret mysteries we have to hunt out. He's our teacher yeah. and he, he wants to teach us. It's not hidden from us. We can know uh, him here. That like is, that. yes, yes. That is actually kind of ish. Uh, what I was wanting to say is the whole point of this chapter, yes, knowledge and divine knowledge and stuff, but he didn't just like, it's not in this chapter by itself or in this book by itself, we were already talking about being plugged in and how John like allow, try, maybe allows you to be plugged in and kind yeah. of experience yeah. the first person. He knows you. Hmm. This is the same Jesus yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So it's not, oh, he knew Nathaniel. That's a nice story. Hmm. But it's like, oh, the encouragement of this for me is he knows you. you. And I was like, yeah. that's what I'm going to walk away with. Yeah. That's cool. I want to pick up on that, Jim that there's so much knowing going on here because even in the conversations we've already had on this chapter, the idea of not of knowing of knowledge has come up a little bit already mm. that, um, that that's, that's basically why in, in the earlier part of this chapter, John was baptizing people was so that they would know that Jesus was God's chosen one. Mm -hmm. And there were other um, basically miraculous things have happened to open John's eyes and uh, John the Baptist's eyes to see that Jesus really is God's chosen one. Jesus mm -hmm. really is the Christ. Mm -hmm. And that miraculous things have happened in this passage that we've read today where Jesus knows things that a normal human being shouldn't be able to know. And it testifies to Nathaniel that, wow, you really are God's chosen one. Mm -hmm. um, that John, the author John, the apostle John, is Already in this, in one chapter, working through this huge theme of you see him, you know him. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. Jesus and you know who God is. Yeah. You see him and you're yeah. seeing the face of God. Wow. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that because it's true. Jesus says, like, I think in John 14, like, if you know me, you should know the Father. Yeah. And if you know the Father, you should know me. Yeah. yeah. I and the Father are one. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And again, spoiler alert, but you're taking us to the end of the book. And I, I didn't even think about that, that one of the one of the biggest 
one of the longest times Jesus is going to talk at once in this book is this whole basically last parting words where he's talking about if you see me, if you know me, you know God the Father. Yeah. Like you, yeah. I am I am his son. Which if you know me, you know him. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I love how like God uses titles and names so specifically throughout the Bible. Like even – what is it? 42. Because he looks at Simon and he says, you will be called Cephas, which is like, okay, left turn. Why, <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like God, God changes who you are when you know him. Mm, wow. Mm. You get a new identity. Mm, yeah. And I love the idea because I think we in our culture, in our American culture today, Names don't have as much meaning as they used to, but to God, names have so much meaning. And there is no word for coincidence in hmm. Hebrew. Oh, now that's cool. <laughs> there is no word for coincidence in the Hebrew language. And I think that is so interesting because there is nothing that God does that is not specific, pointed, made specifically for you as his child. And so when he sets you apart and gives you that identity, it's like, nope, nothing can touch you. Here's your name. Here's your title. That is awesome. And then like Jesus has all of these titles and it's like, yep, that was for a purpose. Mm. And who – yeah. And and that he he is not just some person that he can come up to. Peter and and give him a new name. Right, he can come up to Simon and say, "Hey, here's your name." He now. just boom. Here <laughs> yeah. you go. Like, slap, slap right on the forehead. Yeah. Here's your new title. <laughs> yeah, that's the son of man, son of God thing. Like he's got authority to do that. Right. It's so cartoony, but sometimes I imagine Jesus just with like one of those stamps where you can switch out the letters and just like <laughs> stamping it on people's foreheads. He's got like a big roll of name tags. Yeah, and he's like he you just, are going to be called Paul instead of Saul. We're going to change that up for you. All right. Hey, who's next? <laughs> Hello, my name is Slap. Yeah. Yep. There's yeah. just a big long line going up well, a he's, hill. And ain't he going to do there. that in heaven somewhere it says? He's going to hand you like a rock? Yes, and he's literally. Gonna, and you turn yeah. it over and it's going to got your it's name on it, your, your new name, yeah. or the name that's always been yours, you know, yes. that you didn't even know about. Because of that beautiful point you just illustrated, Hope, that to, to know him is to become a new creation. Like it changes you. Yeah. It gives you a new identity. Yeah gives you a new name. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. There is so much that is exciting in this book. There, I mean, even in this first chapter, there's been more than I feel like as we come to the end of each of these episodes, I've been like, wow, there's even more. There's more we could get to in that. Yeah. Um, just just another great reason to be in your in your Bible and and when you have the opportunity to be talking with other believers about it. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean it's so exciting. It's not boring. No. It is yeah. thrilling. It's not. Having other people to talk about it with really helps when you're there, you know, at six in the morning, five in the morning, and you're reading your word, and it's like, and then this law said that you have to do this if you do that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, this is And stuff, John right? was the Take son that? of his Right. Son but son then you hear <laughs> other believers talking about it, and you're like, whoa, that's a page turner now. 
Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one. Thank you.